Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sexton, John O'Shea, Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Welcome back to Jaguars Drive Time, keeping you updated on all the Jaguars news as little and as much as there is this time of year, especially with the circumstances we're in here with my co-hosts, Brian Sexton and John Osier. And guys, looking back to last year, we would right now be on a football field, hot, sweaty. John would be a little crabby. He'd have his big sun hat on. We'd be watching football in pajamas, at least football to talk about. But instead, we're here, and it's the trying times that we're in right now in a very weird offseason in 2020. I will never again complain about watching underwear practices uh, during OTAs, which, as, as we've said, sometimes they are so boring. It, mm-hmm. it hurts your eyes to watch. And then John and I, we talk about, how, you know, wh- what can we take from these that we can share with people on drive time or, or John in an article? And, and we just kind of shake your heads and say it's it's. It's just filler, right? I mean, you're just trying to fill this time of year to get to the season. I would take that right now in a heartbeat, and I will never complain again about it. We're writing this well, down, Brian. Well, Note for 2021. Never. I, I, oh, will no, say, I, will, I might skip out there. I'd be so <laughs> excited to get out to the field. I, I can promise you that at some point in the future, if I'm standing at an OTA practice, I will complain. It's my nature, so I'm not going to make a promise I can't keep. Um, but obviously I've always said basically that OTAs, that's what, like 13, 14 days, including the mini camp. Mm -hmm. My thought is always that's too many just because what are you going to tell people about it? But it would obviously one a week, two a week that we could see, try to get something out of it. Maybe just have something to talk about. Yes. But I still say, Brian, I don't think that if these guys get back and they're in training camp uh, July 27th, I think back to 2011 when there was no off season, no nothing, maybe the first week or so there was a drop in play, but I thought there was more of a noticeable difference on the field when the officials were on strike than the year that there was no off season. I still say the, it's nice for us to be able to talk about, I don't know realistically if beyond the rookies, they're missing that much right now. Yeah, I think we the, first month, the first month in 2011 was it, it took a little time for offenses. And I was time for the Jaguars offense because Gabbert was playing. He wasn't supposed to, if you recall. He was supposed to right. sit after missing an entire offseason. However, I was uh, with a former NFL coach last night, and he looked at me and said, I would hate to be a first-year coach trying to figure all of this out. If yep. there's anything, and there are a lot of people that were very disgruntled when Doug and Dave came back, it was the right call for the right moment in time. At least it is for this moment in time. Because right now, those guys like Matt Rule in Carolina, who are trying to bring in a new quarterback, new coordinators, a new coaching staff, new players, it is going to be overwhelming. Take those teams out of the mix. And you may see a little bit of sluggishness from those guys. Uh, the rest of the league might be okay. Yeah. Anybody who's doing a first with a coach trying, because so much of the league is about routine, as you guys both know. It's about what are you doing and going to do on Monday? What are you going to do in this game plan meeting? Those guys without question. But 
anybody who's been around it before, I think veteran players, veteran coaches, veteran whatever, it does call to question for this team, Jay Gruden installing this offense. I do think getting reps mentally with Gardner Minshew and all that, I think they'll get the offense in fine, but it's going to be an accelerated process in training camp. Mm -hmm. That is stressful to think about, that's for sure. All right, let's get into big things, shall we? Big thing one, the state of the offensive line. There are shifts coming in the 2020 season if football is ever to be played, which we hope so. Doug Marone talked to us last week and said that Will Richardson will compete at left tackle instead of guard going into this year behind Cam Robinson, who were unsure dealing with all those injuries last year, the state of his play this year. Newest draft pick, Ben Bartsch, will compete at right guard next to A.J. Can as well as a whole. And we've been talking about this ever since the NFL Combine. Doug Marone and this coaching staff are pretty confident in this offensive line. Around the country, the narrative is the Jaguars don't have a good offensive line. The coaching staff does not believe this change is coming. So interested to see how that plays out in 2020. Big thing to familiarity. New tight end Tyler Eifert speaking to us last week and immediately brought up his relationship with offensive coordinator Jay Gruden. The two were together during his rookie, rookie season at the Cincinnati Bengals. And Eifert told us it was a big reason why he is now here in Jacksonville. I, I was in the same city for seven years, but we had probably five, four or five different offensive coordinators. So, you know, learning a new offense can be challenging at times you know you feel like you're never going to get it and then eventually over over time and all the reps it, it clicks but just uh, having that familiarity with the offense um it is is really nice and finally big thing three is getting a little bit closer as of today the nfl has implemented a new plan where facilities in states that are allowed to go back to work can have up to 75 people working and guys, as we know, when you look at everyone that works in the stadium daily, that is not a lot of people. That is a very small list. The Jaguars are starting that process, getting people they feel are necessary right now in the stadium as of today. As you can see, we are not one of those 75 people. Still a very long way to go, but this is at least a little step in the right direction to getting people back to work in the NFL. Does it surprise anybody that I'm unnecessary, Brian? There is a there is a level like of the last guy on the call list. There is a there is a level of self-awareness that has arisen at this time. Um, mm -hmm. I, there's no doubt in my mind the NFL is going to make an incredible effort to get this thing going and to get this season going. I mean, remember a couple of weeks ago it was no teams are going back to their facilities until all teams can return to their facilities. That was stated policy at the beginning of April. Now there's 33, 32 teams, 22 of whom ha are in states where they can start to reopen and start to get this thing back. Uh, they're going to take teams and move them around if they have to at some point later this summer. They're going to get this thing started. The question isn't whether they get it started. It's can they finish it? That's the really interesting question in my mind. Will this thing impact them in the fall? Stories about, you know, what happens if a team gets it and, you know, five players come down with it. And you have to quarantine and does a whole team miss it. There's so many variables to this thing. The one thing we know is, is that the commissioner and the owners who are meeting today are going to do everything they can to get this thing kicked off and get it started. And from that point, I think it's going to be a really unusual season. And that's an and understatement. Still, it could be wild. Right. It, 
I think, you know, I was thinking about this last week and trying to, I used to like to study the history of the game when I was a kid. And as weird as it sounds, in the 20s and 30s, there were years where the Bears would be 6-2-3 and three, and the Packers would be 7-1, and one, and they would decide it who got in based on percentages. Now, I don't think that would be the case this year, but if certain games couldn't get played because of this, would they go to a system where, you know, okay, this team got 13 games in, this team got 11, we're trying to get to the end of this. You know, I think, I don't think that'll happen. But I do agree with what Brian said. I think when fans look at this, there's going to have to be a ratcheting down of what's fair and where this fits into the perspective of every other season in NFL history. This is unusual, and if fans want football, if players want football, I think everybody wants it, but it's got to be done in such a way that there may be these extreme contingencies that are uh, very interesting, as Brian said. I, I have no idea what it's going to look like. You know, one thing that could be interesting, and people may or may not know the history of the game, but back during World War II, you had teams combined. The Eagles and the Steelers became the Steagles at one point. The Cardinals were in Chicago, and one year they were card pit, right? because the Steelers in Pittsburgh and the Cardinals in Chicago combined to, to form a team. Now, again, it seems unlikely in today's game, but what if you had teams with mass amounts of players who were having to be quarantined over two weeks or, or longer? Could you see players on loan? I mean, I, again, this is drawing on the history of the game. I think the bottom line is people are going to have to accept that the outcome of this season is the outcome of this season and it doesn't have to be that way going forward but 2020 is going to be one great big asterisk in the fact and record book Mm -hmm. absolutely let's go back up to big thing one the biggest thing with the offensive line I think we all can agree is what is the state of left tackle Cam Robinson that's the biggest question with the offensive line but what do you guys think of these switches with Will Richardson Ben Barch now going to a different position than he played in college do you agree with the decision yeah I don't think Ideally, this won't be that big a deal, Brian, because ideally they want Cam Robinson to be the left tackle. I haven't heard anything to indicate that this is a move that's down on Cam Robinson. It's more there's no Cedric Abuehi, uh, so you need a swing tackle. Who's the guy who has in-game experience on the offensive line who can go do that? Will Richardson's played that. I think it's more a move about getting him there, and then possibly for 2021 – if Cam Robinson is gone, he's in the final year of his contract. Maybe you could see where Richardson step in at that point. Could it happen this year? Sure. But my sense is the plan, let's get Ben Barch at right guard and let's get Will Richardson to swing tackle. If he's needed a guard, it's not like Richardson can't go in and play guard in a pinch. So there were people who were asking me last week, you know, oh, Will Richardson starting at left tackle because Doug was, you know, didn't say – Cam Robinson's their left tackle. I don't think this move changes that, Brian. I think they're trying to find a home for Will Richardson. He didn't distinguish himself at right guard last year, even though he's bigger, stronger, and and has greater length for the position than A.J. Cam. Um, If he did, he would be the starting right guard this year. Meanwhile, he's a fourth-round pick, and so that's a guy with some value that you want to try to develop. They've got the right tackle set, so you did. Cedric Abuehi's absence is a big part of this as well, but it fits that he goes over and 
and how big he is because he's played tackle collegiately because he was drafted as a tackle in the NFL. Get him out there and find a spot for him. I know there were some disagreements about him last year. Some people thought he was further along. Some people thought he had a long ways to go. Um, I, I think it's about a fourth round pick and finding a place where he can contribute. And I simply I don't think it involves. I don't think it involves. I think it also Cam shows you there ain't a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> this thing blew this up Thursday. Story, and <laughs> we are digging <laughs> deep on that backup swing tackle. <laughs> this is a big headline. Highlight <laughs> it, bold it. This is a big deal. All right, well then, let's obviously talk about the next big deal, which is Tyler Eifert speaking to us last week. That tight end position, we all know the Jaguars have not been able to figure it out. When you talk to him, we all talked to him last week, the biggest thing that comes up always is his health. And yeah, it's great that he can play, but can he stay healthy playing all games last season for the first time? And I think that's the biggest thing. He's, he's just trying to overcome that because whenever you say Tyler Eifert, you always think, yeah, but what about the health? Well, there's no doubt about that. The one thing that is encouraging, or a couple of things encouraging. Yes, he played all 16 last season. And when you look at his injury history, it's not like he's had a bad knee that over and over again he has not been able to come back from. It's not like he's had one injury where you think, okay, that's, uh, did, that's never going to come back. I'm not a doctor, but uh, that surprises you, right, Shalane, because you would think, hey, I gave up a doctor's career to do this, but I would think <laughs> that the fact that he, ha yeah, that he has not had anything that has brought him down for a long, long time. They've been sort of fluky things. He said it last week, he was, he was never sure quite why he kept getting hurt. The one thing we do know, if this guy can stay healthy, he is a pro bowl level tight end who can do a lot of things. He could wind up being one of the bigger stories of the year. And the only reason you don't play it up a whole, whole lot is how many times in the last couple of years, Safarian Jenkins, uh, Jeff Swain, have we talked in the offseason and by week eight, they're forgotten entities. That's what you hope for everybody's sake that this is not. Mm -hmm. Awesome, Safarian Jenkins, for sure. I'm looking up. Why can't I think of the kid's name? The tight end that played for the Texans in the mid-2000s, the kid from Wisconsin. Um, I'm looking for a Dallas Clark kind of tight end, not the guy that necessarily puts up hundred catches and 1500 yards. That'd be great. Right. But those guys are few and far between, but give me the guy that can move the chains on third down. That's deceptive. That's tough to match up with that is able to keep drives alive. And I, I'm looking for his name. I can't, I can't believe I can't remember the name. Um, Owen Daniels. Owen Daniels. That's right. Boom. Guys, John. The Jaguars never had a guy who could cover Owen Daniels, who I couldn't remember his name, right? <laughs> it's not like he's a household guy anywhere in the NFL. And yet he was a guy that was a massive burr under the Jaguars collective saddle. Give me that. If Tyler Eifert can be that or, or Oliver can be that, just give me that guy. I don't need huge numbers. I just need production. Yeah, I thought it was intriguing on this tight end note. When I talked to Ron Middleton last week, the tight ends coach, he spent a lot of time talking about Eifert, but we spent even more time talking about Oliver. And Ron's not really a guy given to a whole lot of hyperbole. He doesn't mind sort of telling you, well, it, you know, he's not going to criticize his guys, but he's not going to play him up a whole lot. He talked a lot about Oliver's run blocking ability. He thinks it's much better than people think. And he, when I was talking to him, it sounded like he really thinks Oliver is the real deal. Has to stay healthy. He admitted, hey, 
Last year wasn't even a redshirt season. It was lost. He played, what, four games? But I was struck by how highly he talked about Josh Oliver, especially as a run blocker. Um, let's see if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh Oliver, I remember going back to last year's training camp, we couldn't stop talking about him. And I feel like as of now, it's almost kind of a forgotten name in that tight end group. So we we've got to earn it now. They, absolutely. They can take a step in the right direction. Those are big headlines. Highlight them. Big things this week. When we come back, it is all about Gardner Minshew next on Jaguars Drive Time. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in-ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity pinpoint the official signage partner of the jacksonville jaguars helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand your company's identification advertising and even the words you use make an impression on your clients with pinpoint as your coach you can make sure it's a good impression pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Dick's Wings and Grill is open for business and ready to serve you with three convenient dining options, including dine-in, carry-out, and delivery. Order any of your favorite wings and sauces or enjoy their burgers, wraps, and salads. Call ahead to confirm hours at your nearest Dick's Wings location or bring it on home using one of three convenient order options. Call your favorite location, use your favorite delivery app, or place your order online for select locations. Visit dickswingsandgrill.com for more details. Delivery service subject to location availability. Jaguars fans, this year we have made becoming a season ticket member easier than ever. If you're concerned your financial situation may change, the Jaguars are offering full refunds up to the start of this season. You can defer up to 40% of your 2020 costs into next year with our two-year agreement or take advantage of interest-free seven-month payment plans. All designed to get you and your family back to football at the bank. Get all the details at jaguars.com or by calling 904 904- You have to be able to make the layups. You have to be able to do the things you're supposed to do as a starting NFL quarterback. And then if you can add something extra, that extra can be making special throws down the field from inside the pocket. That extra can be buying time and ad-libbing and doing the Russell Wilson and the Aaron Rodgers outside the pocket. I don't know what that is, but that's what separates guys. Make the layups and then do something special. And that's what takes you to the next level. 
We're back, Jaguars Drive Time. You just heard from NFL Network analyst Kurt Warner, former quarterback with our very own Brian Sexton. They had the chance to catch up last week. That full interview on Jaguars.com. And that leads us into our All About Gardner Minshew segment. We are going to complete this sentence. Gardner Minshew will be successful in 2020 if blank. We all three pick different scenarios. So, John, how about you go first? Why will well, Gardner Minshew be successful? Oh, disclaim this a little bit. This is also an ozone question that I got. So we're talking about it a little bit. So I'll be short. He has to be able to adapt when game when defenses game plan for him. They did it a little bit last year, and it looked like once people got the book on him that he sort of struggled to get past that. Well, that comes in on steroids now because you've had a year to look at the guy. They'll be looking at his strengths, looking at his weaknesses, figuring out where they can gear him to fail because they want him to fail. Can he come out of that? That's all safe for now because we'll talk about it next segment, but that's going to be key. And Brian, I know you have a different perspective on this, being able to talk to Kurt Warner, so I know you're definitely favorable about staying in the pocket. Well, that's it. Although I think it'd be successful if he wears that Kiss concert T-shirt that I saw him on a social media post, (laughs) the sleeveless one. I don't know why that struck me. If he wears that underneath his jersey, I think he'll be successful. Um, I think it'd be successful if he stays in the pocket. Talking to Kurt, the, the ability to bounce around to make things happen is an accoutrement to an NFL quarterback. It's something that they can do that creates another dimension. Um, But it it isn't the way to success, Kurt said. The way to success is to be able to stand in the pocket. And Kurt related a story, and the interview's posted, uh, and he was really good on Gardner, by the way. But he spent time talking to him when they were in London, because, of course, Kurt was part of the crew that broadcast the London game last year. And his overall perception was, and, and Gardner you know, gave him this, he'd been a pocket quarterback at Washington State. You know, it wasn't like I mean, he did run around and make plays, but he was comfortable in the pocket while he was in Pullman, Washington. And he believes he can get comfortable in the pocket again. We know he can run around. I mean, the play that he made in Denver where he found Raquel Armstead in the back of the end zone after ducking and turning and juking and finding his way back and throwing it on the run, he's always going to have that ability. But as he told Warner, that was not what made him a good quarterback in college. It was his ability to decipher what a defense was doing and attack it from the pocket. So if he can find a way to attack it from the pocket, he'll be successful. There we go. Wearing right, the Kiss t-shirt. Yes, that's definitely got to be a bullet point. Mine is more big picture. Gardner Minshew will be successful in 2020 if he wakes up every single day and says, I am the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've had a lot of questions. I'm sure you guys have as well. Where the heck has Gardner Minshew been? He hasn't been on Instagram. There's no RV tours going on. We've seen no jorts. We've seen no stash. Where is he? Gordon Football was just talking about it the other day. They feel like he really hasn't been seen at all this offseason. And I think there is a reason for that. I think kind of the stigma around the country a little bit last year is, is this guy taking this seriously? Is he ready for the role as an NFL starting quarterback? Gardner Minshew is taking this opportunity and absolutely seizing it. If you follow his trainer on Instagram, he's posting videos and working out every single morning. I think Gardner Minshew is going into this offseason believing this is an opportunity I cannot pass up. But I'm curious to see what is the difference this year to last year with Gardner Minshew going in, knowing that this is his team. 
he was the starter last year. I think there was a little bit of hesitation with that, but he was still confident. So I think that's going to be a real bullet point this year is how is that mindset going to change? I'll tell you, I'm trying to figure out what is that word? Accoutrement? Accoutrement? Accoutrement. Accoutrement. Okay. Well, we'll be back. Because <laughs> I got I, I got to figure that one out. John. After the I break, think, we'll come back. I don't now. think Gardner Minshew is going to win with accoutrements hanging around. I can tell you that. When you work with words, sure. words, words are your work. Words are your work. I have no idea what that word means. None. I'll be the first to say it. When we come back, we visit the Ozone Mailbag here on Jaguars Drive Time. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to without notice equal housing opportunity you can step up to luxury now hello i'm dan fields whatever you're driving you can step up to luxury now plus get our fields amenities which include complimentary loaners car washes and our cafes make this your year to step up to luxury at fields cadillac mercedes-benz porsche land rover jaguar and lexus when it comes to the ultimate car buying experience there's only one name that matters fields and fields matters because you matter the fields auto group proud partners of your jacksonville jaguars at vistar we believe in better and that means treating people better with friendly personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952 a smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch an online or phone chat for those quick questions and a call center that's open every day if you believe that great service is better Join Vistar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Jacksonville International Airport is going beyond daily to serve those travelers with a need to fly during the COVID-19 pandemic. They're temporarily lowering the cost of on-airport parking. Passengers can now park in the hourly and daily garages for only $10 a day, while parking in the daily surface lot is down to $7. They look forward to a time when our community begins flying again. And please remember... Once the air is clear, they are here. To learn more about how Jacksonville International Airport is handling coronavirus, visit flyjacks.com. All dailies and dailies dash locations are open and operating under normal hours. Pick up a fresh made-to-order sub or sandwich from dailies dash today. There has been some real drastic changes since that 11, uh, since that 2017 AFC Championship game. And everyone assumes they're going downwards, but what if they ascend? What if they found a way to figure things out? And it's this dude who's going to lead them. What's the Jaguars' plan? Because right now, I'm not sure, but I'm curious to find out. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time at Tuesday morning. You just heard from Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football. What is the Jaguars' plan going into this season? I'll be the first to say none of us know, but Gardner Minshew was a big topic in that segment that you just saw a positivity in that plan. We will see what happens. And John, before we get into ozone mailbag, I would like you to show everyone what was in your college dictionary. Well, yeah, the dictionary I showed is my college dictionary and the word I got a lot done. This was probably from my sophomore year when I pulled the, uh, 
1.9 when my schedule was basically uh, party on Saturday till about 4 a.m. and then, you know, you know, hit quarter beer night at CJ's on Tuesday. So I got some studying in on Sunday nights and Monday. And uh, more beer. It didn't work. Did you find the words that you went searching for? What? Acumen or whatever it was? No. A-C-C-O-U-T-R-E-M-E-N-T. Additional items of pressure equipment or other items carried or worn by a person or used for particular activity. In other words, an accessory. This is an American dictionary, so it's not in there. Ah, that must be key. If I had said accessorize, you would have gotten it like that, right? It's from 1982. I think they made that one up in 95. (laughs) That makes sense. That's why we don't know it. All right, let's visit the ozone mailbag, shall we? Let's go all the way to Nashville. Steve, can you describe new Jaguars offensive coordinator Jay Gruden's style of offense and how it does or does not mesh with our current roster, John? Well, this is always tough because people want to take an offense like you're playing Madden and take it and drop it down into another team's personnel. And the reality is offenses evolve. The West Coast offense, which started in what, the late 70s, early 80s, is not the West Coast offense it is now because it evolves every year. So it's a West Coast-based scheme. John Gruden runs it. Jay Gruden runs it very similar. It's about getting the ball out quickly, timing passes. Uh, it's about being able to run effectively early so you can play action off of it. And people listen and will say, well, that sounds a lot like a lot of offenses. Well, you, yeah, it, you don't necessarily see this unbelievable change in how teams play because it's still dictated to what the quarterback does well, to what the players do well. But that's the gist of it. And, you know, if, uh, if, if Minshew is able to grasp it, which he's a smart guy and can grasp, then I think they'll use a lot of the offense. If not, then they'll scale it back. But I don't know if, if, if in this day and age, it's necessarily fair to say, well, this offense doesn't fit this personnel. It's going to be about how it meshes. It's going to be about what Keenan wants to do with the wide receivers, what McAdoo wants to do at quarterback. It becomes a acumen, as Brian would say. Well, <laughs> but acumen. It, right. It becomes a dictionary back out a group process. The only thing I can add to that is when he was in Cincinnati, I recall he was very good at using personnel groups to get mismatches. Right. In this league, you scheme players, not schemes. And he was very good at scheming players to get certain guys in certain matchups to get them open. That was something that John Gruden talked about when he did games that involved his brother. Uh, So it sticks in my mind. John's absolutely right. His offense will look different in Jacksonville than it did in Washington and Cincinnati because the players are different. But one thing that you can count on is he's a guy that will use different personnel groups to get the matchups he wants incredibly effectively. Every offensive coordinator wants to do that, talks about doing that. Some are better at it than others. I, I, my understanding is he's one of the guys that's really good at that. We shall see what it looks like, hopefully, coming soon. Let's go to Austin, Texas. Zach. John, how would you have fared in head coach Doug Marone's food challenge? I'm thinking you're more of a Midwest barbecue type of guy and definitely don't trust you to make pizza. Yeah. Here we go. Here we oh, go with little, the corks. Carrots. Vegetable and. Oh, carrots and hummus. 
That's, That's about what you the picked. Little pepper, a pepper, Brian. Little beach thing. No, thank you. No, it's uh, a banana pepper. I'm gonna give some to Rat Dog. That's a good. Oh, one. that pepper will go over big with the dog. Yeah, that's, that's a about, great idea. Sherry's going to love that's, this. That's about the extent of me cooking. Unless I'm on a grill where I can get something done in about 12 minutes. Beyond that, I'm a mess. I, so I uh, want to know what your go-to is. My go-to. This quarantine has been good for one thing, and it's my turkey meatball recipe. Safe to say I have absolutely perfected it with spaghetti squash but that's the only thing I can make. So my roommate makes fun of me because I make it about once a week. Is she back? The roommate, is she back? Thank gosh, yes. She's making it again. <laughs> I was getting really hungry. But Brian's the gourmet around here, I know. Yeah, well, we I grew up with family that was in the uh, the catering business, but I am also, like your reader, uh, attuned. I'm a Midwestern guy, and so it's barbecue. So I fire up the green, uh, big green egg out back and uh, do a 14-hour brisket, and it went fast the other day. I mean, it was a slow cook, but the food disappeared quickly. That's key when you have three boys in the house, though. That tends to happen. I live at Publix. <laughs> All uh, right, let's wrap it quickly hard times. with yeah. Jeff. Is the following going to net out positive or negative for Gardner Minshew? A year of NFL tape on him allows defenses to take away what he's good at versus a year of NFL experience and an offseason allows him to improve and grow. Yeah, I wanted to discuss this with uh, you guys as well. Um, I, to me, this is the whole key. This is where a quarterback, you can have success as a rookie, you can have success early, but it's the old baseball analogy. The second time through the league for a pitcher is much tougher because the batters have seen what he throws. It's the same thing for a quarterback. Minshew went 6-6 six and six last year. He was able to do things the defenses weren't expecting. Can he, once they figure out exactly what he does well, we saw it a little bit for about two or three games right before the bye. The Saints took some things away that he did well. Some other teams did the same thing. The Texans, it looked like, did the same thing. How will he adapt to that? If he adapts and can do things well against defenses designed to stop him, then all of a sudden the sky's the limit. If he can't do that, then all of a sudden he's career backup guy, marginal starter guy. Uh, Brian, it, it, I think that's the big thing to watch from him this year. You know, I had somebody tell me last week that they thought that he could at least be as productive a starting quarterback in this game as Andy Dalton, who, by the way, played for Jay Gruden. So I'll go Thank back you. to the top of, of Ozone and go back to Jay Gruden. I think it's on him. He comes in here and he brings, by the way, Ben McAdoo, who worked with Aaron Rodgers, who worked with Eli Manning, who understands developing quarterbacks. It's on them to put him in a position. Now, not all on them. He's got to be down in Naples working as hard as he as he apparently has been working. But he's got to be able to come in here and have McAdoo and Gruden and that whole crew have designed a system that plays to those strengths. Um, I think that they can make it happen. I mean, I, it, it, the person that told me that I trust knows the quarterback position well. And if you get an Andy Dalton kind of guy from the sixth round, by the way, uh, yeah, yeah. you have got, yeah, you have, you, you, if only for the salary reasons, right, let alone the production on the field, you have an opportunity to really work your cap and replace players and make it work um, from a financial standpoint. You're in a great position. Well, Andy Dalton made five playoff appearances. Yeah, Make I think anyone would kind of see what happens. That. That's fine. Yep. 
be in the conversation, as we like to say, come end of football season. All right, that is Ozone Mailbag. When we come up, we'll wrap up Jaguars Drive Time here on the Jaguars Digital Network. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in-ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity hey jacksonville this is joe adib from bonos i just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms we appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis for over 71 years we have been here for you through good times and bad our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon be safe at ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates, saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Brooks Rehabilitation Outpatient Locations throughout Florida are currently open and accepting in-person and telehealth appointments. They're following CDC guidelines to include screenings, temperature checks, face masks, social distancing, and additional sanitizing of all surfaces. They're taking extra precautions to ensure your safety so you can focus on your recovery. Please call their central intake unit at 904-345-7277, option 3, to schedule your visit. Brooks Rehabilitation is the official rehabilitation provider for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Florida Farm, Congree, and Penn continues to offer picnicking and dining on their patio and grounds at a limited capacity. Visit congreeandpenn.com to book your pass for farm access and plan your visit today. Back for our short final segment of Jaguars Drive Time here on a Tuesday getting ready for Memorial Day weekend. We'll be back next Tuesday. Nothing changing with our Memorial Day coverage, but John, I know you have an interesting podcast coming up this week. Do tell. Yeah, I've, it's the third edition of the podcast. I had a chance to talk to Dave Caldwell first, Michael Silver second. And this week's guest was uh, Paul Pizlesny. And uh, as, as you guys know from having talked to Paul, a fascinating interview, always very candid about things. And the thing I took from him is his adjustment to life after football. He has been strikingly candid about how difficult it's been, mm-hmm. I think, from the outsider's point of view. And... And probably for him, he's doing fine with it, but he's also been very upfront. Hey, this is a huge adjustment. And I think it's interesting for people to hear how much it gets into your blood, how difficult it is for guys to move on from it. So he was good on that and a lot of other topics. And, uh, you know, as you guys know, it's always good to talk to Paul because he is a very interesting person to talk to and tries very hard to be good uh, within interviews. So it's always interesting. Overall, just a good guy. 
My big swing of the week was Warner, so I encourage people to go see it. Uh, he's candid and very good on Gardner Minshew, both what he likes about Gardner and where he thinks Gardner really has to focus in order to do his best. Absolutely. Definitely worth the watch. And for me on Wednesday, Jaguars Instagram live with new wide receiver Colin Johnson and a new episode of Jaguars Throwdown with Quincy Williams and Juwan Taylor. We're going to get you two on Jaguars Throwdown next. Things will get I'll heated. I'll throw down. <laughs> we know you'll throw down, John. Just Brian will come to play too. Yep. <laughs> all righty. Thanks so much for watching Jaguars Drive Time. We will see you all next Tuesday. Have a great Memorial Day.